Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello and welcome to Living Free on 3CR Community Radio. 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. Uh, Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show highlighting issues around homelessness. Uh, My name's Bill and for the next hour my guests will be talking about the medically supervised injecting room in North Richmond. I'd like to welcome Judy and Colin to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Hi. Hi Bill. Hi Bill. And they're going to, oh they're part of a residence group called Victoria Street Drug Solutions. They live in the city of Yarra and they're directly and personally affected by the high levels of public drug taking and illicit drug dealing within Victoria Street North Richmond and Abbotsford Precinct and they're vigorous supporters of the Trial Medically Supervised Injecting Centre. Judy, it's probably best if we start with a bit of background because people don't always know about the residence group and the Medically Supervised Injecting Centre. So do you want to give us a quick, um, I guess, idea of why you got involved and uh, and what has been happening up to, um, say, oh, during, say, 2017, I guess, was it your main main focus. Sure Bill Um, I've been a resident of Yarra for six years and it became increasingly obvious to me as a resident that we had a serious drug crisis in our streets and laneways and front yards and car parks. So in um, 2016 I decided to stand um, in the local government elections as an independent candidate on one issue only and that was for a trial medically supervised injecting centre in our neighbourhood. Um, the result of that election was extraordinary in that, in some respects, I was quite fortunate I didn't get onto council, but I got enough votes and interest in the issue, um, and I specifically stuck with one issue because I was a nobody, and um, and I just wanted to understand if people felt the same way as I did, and the result, well, the answer to that was absolutely yes. So four of us uh, got together in November of 2016 to talk about um, starting up a group with the name Residents in it because up until then um, there'd been a lot of media interest in our area and they always spoke to the Victoria Street Business Association, which we know as the Traders, which is fine. But the voice of the residents was pretty much um, non-existent. So we were very determined to give the residents a voice and the key objective was to to educate the community. Um, so we decided as a major priority was to run community forums to inform people about what medically supervised injecting centres were, to get residents together to talk to each other about their experiences, that they weren't alone, um, that this was a health crisis, it wasn't a, a, a law and order issue. And um, But what happened was as soon as we decided to set this up, which was mid-November 2016, we were contacted by the Victorian Coroner's Office, who was then having an in- holding an inquiry into the death of a young woman in a toilet block in North Richmond. And they said that the residents were the missing voice in the conversation about this issue. Could we please make a submission to that coronial um, inquiry? And basically, from then on, it just it flew, it flowed. People realised that we existed. We um, ran in 2017. We ran seven community forums. We met people along the way who were very supportive of this issue from a very compassionate point of view. Uh, we had 
extraordinary support from philanthropic organisations, from local uh, anonymous donations. We did fundraising because we wanted to spend money on um, material for fellow residents to um, to support uh, outreach to people that we knew had issues and um, to really get our voices heard. And it culminated in August where we organised our team, our core team then, which was up to about 12, 14 people. We organised a, uh, a March to Save Lives rally um, in, um, in the end of August, which was extremely well attended on a freezing cold morning. Um, many of your listeners, I think, were there, a lot of support from 3CR people. And uh, and we also, at the same time, um, um, commissioned a mural in, in the area, which uh, created a lot of interest from the media, which supported the, um, the rally. Um, it was We Talk, You Die. Uh, sorry, You Talk, We Die, die which yeah. was a reference to what was going on in the parliament at the time. The Victorian parliament were having an inquiry and everybody was talking about it, but nothing was happening except people were dying in our streets and our community was dying. So, um, so that was a really major highlight of last year. It brought out a lot of um, people with great sadnesses um, that were able to talk about this issue. There's a lot of stigmatisation of people with injecting drug issues. And uh, as a result of that, we started getting traction with the Victorian government. Various ministers got interested. And look, in the end, um, the Premier announced on the 31st of October that they would support a trial of a medically supervised injecting centre. And on the 14th of December, the legislation was passed in the upper house. So mm. it was a pretty hectic 13 months from yep. where to go, but it just showed the the incredible um, passion that people had and they knew it had to happen. It was no for decades it had been a problem mm. and people it was too hard for risk averse politicians and in the end people turned up and said enough's enough. Yeah. Okay. Um Colin, um you got involved I think mid twenty seventeen, is that right? Yes, yeah. that's right. So why did you get involved in the residence group? Well I guess I'm a product of some of the outreach that Judy was just talking about. Um, I moved into Abbotsford about seven years ago and um, was clearly immediately aware of the, the drug problem. Um, you walk in the streets, you see discarded needles. Uh, we have a couple of planter boxes at the front of our house on the footpath. You often find um, discarded needles there. We had people using drugs in cars parked outside the front of our house. Um, so clearly aware of it being a problem, um, but at the time, I had no idea what the solution could be. Um, I was completely naive as to drug use. I'd never used drugs myself and knew nobody who had actually used drugs, but just saw it around in the in the neighbourhood. And um, got a flyer in the door uh, about one of these community forums that the, the Judy's group was running and uh, thought, well, I'm interested in this. I can see what's going on. I'll go along. And, uh, and so I think that was May or June, and um, I attended... And it just grabbed me. Um, it, it was a, a meeting that uh, showed a, a film that was um, taken from the Sydney Centre and just presented a, a way out, a, a, a positive solution for these poor people that are, that are addicted. And uh, I had retired at the start of the year and, and this just, it, it grabbed my attention. Yeah. I, I just had to be involved. Yeah. So I joined. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what did you find as far as the community voice, you know, the power of the community voice? 
Oh, it's um, it was an amazing experience last year. Um, it, it, as Judy was saying, it was rolling really fast. Um, the focus on um, getting attention really it was it was like a snowball it was the, the more that you talked about it the more that you talked about the positive aspects of what a supervised injecting room can do or a supervised injecting center the more you attracted attention to people who recognized that there are people in problem in, in trouble here um, emphasized by the the fact that came from the coroner's inquiry of, of how many people were dying i i was unaware of the, the 35 or 36 people who had died in the streets of Abbotsford until I got involved in this group. And, and that's a fact that you just can't avoid. Um, and so seeing a group of people who are focused on something positive for others around them in the community was a really powerful and, and strong message. And it, and it resonates still with people in the community when you talk to them in the streets. Um, we, we've done some door knocking recently. People are very positive about the concept of helping people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Judy, um, the positive power of people, which um, Colin talked about there, um, it's it's important, and I guess you you understand how important it is. But um, sort of, I guess, what what are the sorts of things that have enabled the group to sort of stay together, even though you've now got a medically supervised injecting centre trial about to begin. So you're still running. So why are you still running? Because um, just because an announcement was made on the 31st of October has not changed the landscape in North Richmond and Abbotsford. We still live in an area that is um, highly problematic in terms of people injecting and overdosing and dying. The stats are still coming in that there are people that have died since the announcement by the Premier. Um, so, and people have... I'm still having lived experiences every day. I walk past the, where the centre will be at North Richmond Community Health on my way to work every morning. And there are people openly injecting in the street near the, near the school, um, outside the community centre. Um, I personally have still people, you know, injecting my lie this morning. Um, we, you know, it's just an ever-present um, sadness, you know, it, and it's just something that, that as a group, and, you know, Colin's mentioned a few things, but one of the things that about the helping people, but... What struck me about our group and our members is the compassion. People in our group really see the people and as injecting in our laneways as part of our community. You know, whether we like yep. it or not, they're there. They yep. come in, they, they buy their drugs there, and some of them don't go home. And so um, they're part of as much of our community as we are. So we have a responsibility in a civilised society to take care of those people that are vulnerable and so that's what keeps us going. And I think um, we were so excited at the end of last year. I mean, the night that we were told that the announcement was going to be made in October, we gathered at our place and just it was just amazing. I'll never, you know, some things have happened that I'll never forget in my life. But the reality was until we get this trial opened, hopefully in early July, uh, we, and we won't start – and hopefully then we start to see within weeks the anecdotally what is happening – 
is good. It's a yeah. good thing. Um, and, it, it, and it is a solution, but it's not the only solution. I think that's something we need to flesh out here. We've never said it was the only, it was going to be the silver bullet. We've never said this was going to answer all our problems, but it was something that needed to be trialled. Yeah. And, and that's what's happening. And something positive yeah. that will move it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, now, the other one that we mentioned before when we were having a, a chat was about the fact that today's an anniversary. Mm. So did you want to just touch on that? Look, yeah, um, you know, we started off this group last year and I stood for council, blah, blah, blah. But really, as a human being, it still continues to shock me and touch me what is happening and a year ago today, the thir- it was Wednesday the 31st of May, I was coming home from work. It was a beautiful sunny afternoon in Melbourne. I was walking along Victoria Street. I was near the corner of Lithgow Street where there's a stainless steel toilet block, which the residents refer to as the unsupervised injecting room. And a woman came out of that with her partner. She collapsed and she'd overdosed and called triple O, etc. And she died on the streets with me, a stranger, was right near the Abbotsford Primary School. I heard the bell go. Little kids were coming out of school on their scooters with their little helmets and bags and they saw this deceased woman on the street. And do you know, Bill, this morning I woke up and I thought about that woman, her family, the kids that saw her and the parents that had to deal with the trauma of those kids going home and saying, I saw a dead lady on the street. This is what's happening in our lives where we live and so that's the reality, that's the sadness, and that's why we have to be so hopeful that this trial will address some of those issues, saving lives and saving our community, and our community includes little children. So that's very, very important, mm, yeah. Yeah. So, Tony, uh, sorry, Colin, um, I understand from d- other discussions that it, as part of your door knocking, you've been discussing location of the trial MSIC. So what are some of the residents' feelings on those? On that, the people who live very close to where the centre is going to be set up are still uh, quite sceptical about the location. Um, the, the there's almost universal acceptance that a medically supervised injecting room is positive for the individuals who are drug takers. The statistics around the world are crystal clear. There has never been a death in a medically supervised injecting centre, despite being um, people still overdosing in those centres. So the benefit for the users is absolutely crystal clear. But the people who live closest and the people who, some of the people who have children going to the school that's nearby are still very concerned about the possibility of this being a centre that will actually attract people to come to the area who otherwise wouldn't have come there. And they're uncertain about what that future will be for them living close to that centre. Right, Okay. This is Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Um, Podcasts of the show are available on 3cr.org.au forward slash living free and you can also find them on iTunes. If you've got a question or comment about the show, then you can call the station on 9419 8377 or send us an email at 3 at we have a Facebook page, which is at 3CR Living Free, and we're also on Twitter, at 3CR Living Free. As you may be aware, the uh, 3CR Radiothon is coming to Living Free next, uh, not next week, in a fortnight, on the 14th of June. Uh, we hope that you can, you enjoy, if you enjoy our show, that you're willing to financially support Living Free to keep us and 3CR on the air. Uh, 
The Radiothon theme this year is Fight for Your Mic, and that pretty much sums up Living Free. We're all about sharing personal recovery stories of alcoholics, gamblers, food addicts and drug addicts and their families and the community that supports them. Remember, your support will keep our message of hope on the airwaves. Uh, we have a Give Now crowdraiser page. If you want to donate to 3CR, you can just Google Give Now 3CR Living Free and you'll find it. Um, I'll just play a quick announcement about the Radiothon. The 3CR needs you. Fight for your mic and donate to 3CR's annual Radiothon. 3CR Radiothon 2018. Fight for your mic. Radiothon starts June 4th. Um, Today I'm joined by Judy and Colin from the Residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions and we're talking about the trial of the Medically Supervised Injecting Centre in North Richmond. Um, Judy, do you want to sort of give us a a rundown about what's planned for this facility? Um, I understand it's going to open in about a month or so. so. Yeah, sure, Colin. Uh, Bill, um, (laughs) we, as part of the legislation, the government... um, decided to have an interim facility because of the um, crisis that was happening in our in our area um, so in early July we well we because we we sort of feel like we own this facility. We're the, we're the community. it's our it's our community facility so um, we hope that it will be opened uh, they use at North Richmond Community Health Center which is a seriously um, well organized center in Lenox Street in North Richmond. Um, they're converting a current public meeting room into the interim facility. It will have three stages, a registration stage, an injecting stage with 11 booths, and then a treatment stage as well. Um, so they um, they will be organising that with the hope that uh, the review will be uh, very positive, which will happen in 2019. There's an official review and then with a purpose-built building opening in mid-2019 on the same site. That will be a single-storey building and it will be connected to the current inject- uh, the current North Richmond Community Health Centre. Um, so some people have said to me, what will happen if the trial doesn't work? Well, apart from the fact that we, we believe it will, but that, rep- that purpose-built building will definitely be able to be used by the North Richmond Community Health. So yeah. it's going to be a benefit either way but um, we hope that once it gets up and running within weeks of it opening that there will be really tangible evidence of its success within the immediate community in terms of um, syringes and you know um, other detritus that goes on with the injecting uh, issue um, so we don't, I don't think the residents need to wait for 12 months for a review I think they'll know pretty soon that it's that it's a success yeah, yeah. Uh, I understand it's got a new medical director. Yeah, we're really fortunate that the um, recruitment program, which was pretty intense, um, has brought Dr. Nicholas Clark to head up the uh, the um, centre. Um, Nicholas has a very broad uh, experience in addiction medicine. Uh, he's worked with the World Health Organisation in Switzerland. He's currently been working in Adelaide in the same sector, and he's 
absolutely thrilled to be given this opportunity to have this historic role in Victoria as the first medical director. Um, he's got an excellent support in up the Hume Highway in Marianne Jauncey, who's the medical director at the Sydney um, MSIC. That's, and, uh, that's King's Cross. King's Cross. Yep. And they have already met and that there will be a lot of sharing of um, of experiences and ideas there, which is wonderful. So um, the residents have, or some of the residents have met Nico. He's been very, very busy. He only started Monday a week ago. Um, and with the focus on opening in early July, there's a lot of work to be done. They've recruited a lot of staff, um, um, medical uh, nurses, registered nurses, um, alcohol and other drug um, officers, um, rehab harm minimisation officers. They've got security um, that they've employed and also admin staff to register people. So um, it's a pretty comprehensive group of people. Um, they'll be rostered on a various times. So I think there's about 48 all up. But wow. you know, it'll be open seven days a week, so 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Monday to Friday. Uh, Saturday it'll be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and the same on Sunday. Okay, thanks. Um, so also I understand that to address community concerns there's there's going to be an increased police presence so colin do you do you know what that plan is well i don't know it in detail um i am aware that the government has installed um quite a range of uh, cctv cameras around the victoria street precinct and uh, they're being monitored by the police um they have indicated that they're watching what's happening in the streets around that area and that was part of the the law and order side of the solution that the government created with the package that uh, authorised the um, setting up of the injecting centre. Um, The exact location of where people will be patrolling, what the police will be doing, is, of course, entirely up to them. Um, They are clear that there is um, illegal issues that are associated with this and they're going to be addressing those uh, or continuing to address them. It's not as if they're not doing anything at the moment. Um, but exactly what they are, no, I'm not aware of the specifics. No. Now, I understand that the, the new police or the police that are brought in specifically for this will have some discretion about approaching people. Judy, do you...? Um, well, that's our understanding. Yeah. But, of course, it's once again up to the police to determine with their members what does discretion mean. Um, but we know that what's happened in Sydney and the police local area command near that centre in uh, Darlinghurst Road in King's Cross... They've worked really closely with the centre to make it work, which means because the centre does not supply drugs, people going into the centre have to take their own drugs in, so therefore they're in possession of an illegal substance as they walk to the centre. Um, So in the past, for the decades, they would have been arrested, but on this occasion in this centre, as in Sydney, they are allowed to go in there with with the... um, illegal substance. So the police are having to work through that those protocols at the moment, but I know that there's been a wonderful understanding in Sydney and I'm and I know the police have been up to to Sydney to talk to their counterparts up there, so they'll work that out. Yep. Okay. Uh the other interesting issue um was the inclusion of other drugs and I understand that's because drug usage changes over time and if we had have restricted it to only one substance, then if things changed, it would mean that the um, centre would be virtually useless. So opening up other drugs has been a point of contention, though. So do you want to talk about that extra issue? 
Well, um, I was in the upper house when they were debating this um, uh, bill and uh, that issue was actually not a, an issue. Um, the Act says it's for all drugs of dependence. So in a way we were a bit surprised when it was initially announced that it would only be for heroin because we know from talking to the people that are injecting drugs in our lame ways, a lot of them don't know what they're taking anyway. And um, and really um, to sort of stand at a door of a, of a supervised centre and yeah. say to some people, well, what are you taking? Well, you can come in. And what are you taking? Well, you can't come in. Yeah. I think if somebody is with serious drug issues is turning up at a centre, they're saying, I want help and I need help. And from a from a, just a human being perspective we want those people to come in you know they're taking the first step in saying I want to do something about this in my life so I really support the issue of um, ice being included it all it always was in our mind because it's there in the legislation I think there's a bit of a concern too about ice and look I'm no expert at this but I remember when I visited the centre in Sydney, um, how calm it was. And I made the comment, oh, you obviously don't allow people to use ice in this centre. And they said, oh, yeah, we do. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and so I thought, oh, because, you know, like a lot of people in the community and I know a lot of people experience people with ice issues, but often there's a serious underlying mental health issue as well. And I I think that we really do need to support those people as well. Um, so... You know, the hysterical media made a big issue of it and admittedly in their, you know, they were reacting to the fact that the Premier did say it would only be heroin. But um, I think as part of the trial, people will see that that is not the problem that it's been uh, made out to be by some people that are more extreme about this. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing was that I think the coroner, coroner's inquiries found that most people who died had multiple drugs in their mm, system right. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, Colin, did you want to say... Ed? Yes, um, from listening to the medical director in Sydney, um, they're, they're working under very much the same protocol. And part of the challenge is that you don't necessarily know what the drug is that's either that you've purchased or that you've necessarily brought into the centre. And so the ability to determine what it is that is being brought in would require perhaps some analytical chemistry yeah. to, to see what is in this bag that you're, you're carrying in. Um, and... Uh, equally, the challenge is that when you're purchasing it, you don't necessarily know what it is that's in whatever it is that you're injecting. Yeah, yeah. And so the medical protocols in Sydney are really dealing with all sorts of addiction, all sorts of um, intoxication. Um, the estimate in Sydney at the moment is that about 20% of the drugs that are being used there are, are methamphetamines. Um, but the reaction, the way that the medical director in Sydney, she's worked in um, emergency rooms as well as working in the centre, and she said it's entirely different, the presence of people under that methamphetamine um, intoxication in an emergency room compared to when they first inject it. And so, as, um, as Judy has said, it's much more calm atmosphere and with medical supervision can be dealt with much more easily than what the stories that we hear in the press and that, that people anecdotally talk about how um, people using methamphetamine act. Yep. Okay. The other one was about location um, and people's community concern about it being in near a school, I think is the, the primary one, near our house and near, near a school. Um, so I, I guess the choice of North Richmond Community Centre, Community Health Centre, um, 
is that a logical one from residents' perspective? Um, when we were campaigning in 2016-17, um, our view whenever we were asked the question about location was where it was always where the evidence shows it should be. So we're the epicentre of overdosing and fatal overdosing. Um, that's sort of where it needs to be. So we actually didn't have access to the statistics. I mean, anecdotally, we thought we knew the key areas, but there were quite a few of them. Yeah, near, near us. Well, yeah. near us. And and near, and near look, we obviously don't just stay in our area. We move all around the, the, the neighbourhood. So, you know, it was a pretty, it's a pretty big area to sort of say, well, where is the best place for it to be? Um, I had no idea that it was going to be at North Richmond Community Health when that announcement was made. Um, I understand that people are concerned about it being close to West Richmond Primary School. Um, and, yep, yeah, I absolutely understand that. But I suppose going past that school every day and also Abbotsford Primary as well, the ac- drug activity going on outside those schools already and have been for m- many yes. years has been so um, problematic that I could only imagine as a parent at that school that I actually would like that removed from away from my school and in internally, have it managed yeah. internally, and that's what the trial will do. They'll take that off the streets. And um, I know that the the um, principal of the school uh, and now the acting principal also support that. They understand that the um, the you know the school is where it is and the injecting is where it is. So let's make it as safe as possible. And this does give give that option. Um, so I, I can only say, look, yep, look, I understand it, but let's just let the trial run. They will open it in the school holidays. So any issues that um, they need to iron out, they will. And by the time the kids come back to school in the beginning of term three, the place will have been up and running hopefully for a couple of weeks. So any yep. issues will be sorted. Um, I think it will be a lot better than what is happening there now. Mm. Um, so, Colin, the number of needles that are being handed out by the Community Health Centre um, is? Well, we understand it's up uh, close to a million a year now Yeah. Um, at, the, at the, the, the Safe Injecting Centre. Oh, sorry, from the, the medical centre, yes. Yeah, so that's something like 80-something thousand a month, mm. Yeah, which is a lot of consumption mm. in real terms. So mm. there's a lot of activity, yeah. 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 Um, just a couple of things on that. So people that do um, collect those um, packages from the dispensing unit often don't use it in that area. They'll yeah. take them. I know that there's people who work in the area who'll get them and then use it at home when they go to their homes in the yeah. evening. Um, and I know that it was set up years ago when the whole issue of bloodborne viruses was key and it's still a problem. Mm. So that's why it was an issue to do with stopping the sharing of needles and that is a real concern as a public health issue that um, hep C and, um, and HIV are still live issues in the event that we say, look, just get rid of that. Now, I've actually asked the North Richmond Community Health Centre about the future of that particular dispensing unit and they said it will diminish absolutely and mm. they're just going to wait and see because the needle needles will be given out in the centre so they yes. can go in there with their drugs so they don't have to take the needles in there. Yep. So once and part of the whole assessment and the review of the trial will be, well, do we still need that 
um, dispensing unit, and some it, they may not. They will, may go just use it in the centre. So there's still some things operationally they're working out. They don't know. Mm. Uh, they'll review it, and um, that could be a good outcome for the for the community as well. Yeah, and and the other one of interest is the fact that there's actually treatment available. So, Colin, did you want to talk about the what what is available to drug users who use the injecting centre? Yeah, well, as I understand it, the um, the medical treatment is not only dealing there, sitting, wait to see if there's an overdose. It's also the um, the the area that Judy mentioned where they go after they've had their injection. And this gives an opportunity for counsellors to have conversations with people who have used the drugs. Um, from, again, looking, this is very similar to what's happened in Sydney. In Sydney, over the last 17 years, uh, 16 years, sorry, they estimate or they, they've counted that they've referred something like 17,000 people on for rehabilitation services. So it's a very important part of the duty of care that, that effectively the medical fraternity owe to the to their patients that are, that are operating in the centre. So um, the experience in Sydney is that uh, once users establish a bit of trust in the people in the centre, have been there several times, they are more open to the possibility of, of rehabilitation. Um, I, I don't know many drug users. I, I can only imagine that um, it wouldn't be your choice of dealing with your problem if there was other alternatives. And so this centre, I expect, is going to be giving some of those other pathways out of addiction to the, the users. My personal belief is that it's probably easier to talk to somebody after they've injected and are feeling a little bit more relaxed and calm uh, compared to when they're waiting to inject and waiting to get their hit. And so um, I, I think, you know, I, I would believe that it's got a lot of possibilities. Certainly that's been the experience in Sydney. Yeah. And I'd just like to add to that too in the conversations that I've had with people injecting near my home. Uh, when I, particularly last year, when I said, look, I'm Judy and I'm from the residence group and we're trying to have a medically supervised injecting centre trial opened, would you use it? And 100% said, of course we would. Yeah. And they, they said, look, we want to get off this stuff. This is not the way we want to live. And then they'll tell you about their chronic illness or the issues that have happened in their lives, abuse or job problems or, you know, I mean, not every human being on the planet is resilient and tough and, you know, some people get knocked down and they can't get up again. So I feel so strongly about that, that we as super, uh, as a you know, sophisticated society can deal with this better than we have been and that's what's so positive about this centre and as Colin said about the treatment mm. is really key in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is it's only a trial. So how long are we expecting the trial to go? In the legislation, the trial's um, allocated two years for the trial. Um, so they, they're having the first part of it, as we mentioned, in the interim facility, but by mid-2019 they'll have a year in the permanent or purpose-built building. Um, there is an expert panel that will be headed up by um, Professor Margaret Hamilton, who is an eminent um, medical person who, apart from many other things she's done, she set up Turning Point, which is a drug rehab centre. Yeah. So she's heading up that review and there'll be two other members that will be appointed by the um, by the government. And so that hopefully will come out by the time the new purpose-built building will be open. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. 
I'm talking uh, with Judy and Colin from the Victoria Street Drug Solutions Residence Group, and we're talking about the trial uh, medically supervised injecting centre. And now I think we'll we'll talk about uh, the activities of the um, of of your group. Um, so I think the thing that surprised you was that after the legislation was implemented last year, you thought things would just happen. And uh, I think you're surprised that it didn't just happen and that there was still a role for the um, residents group. So, Judy, do you want to sort of give us an idea of what sort of things you've been doing this, this year? Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. I think we thought, you know, our work was done, but really we're only about two-thirds of the way there or maybe only 50% because... <laughs> Ultimately, as I mentioned at the beginning, we feel that this is our centre, so we actually have a real responsibility, I think, in as a community working together to make sure it works and works really well and support um, support the team that will be mm. operating the centre. So going way back into January, we um, had a stall at the Lunar Festival in Victoria Street, which was um, very successful, although that was a hideously hot day, as most of us remember um, but we had a lot of people coming past because the legislation had passed they were sort of either you know hugely um, supportive there were a few people that weren't because they were nervous about it but so that we did that and then in Mar- uh, March we had another community forum where we invited um, the senior sergeant of Richmond Police um, Andrew Brick to come along and talk about the Im- implications for policing um, and that was very well attended as well. Um, and then we sort of waited to sort of have <laughs> some information for more official information about the recruitment process, who the medical director would be, uh, the operations of the centre. People were asking us about opening hours and, you know, a lot, which we didn't know because that wasn't our role. So um, not a lot was happening there. So we decided we we regrouped and we decided to go out on the road and do some door knocking, which um, Colin will speak about. But to just gauge the feeling of our fellow residents, um, you know, any issues they had that we could answer, we would. Um, others that we didn't know and refer them on to the Department of Health and Human Services. So um, so that's been fantastic and it's really, it's sort of what we do best, I think, almost, you know, getting out there and getting at the grassroots level and we enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's um, we're still picking up people that are either A, didn't know about it or B, knew a little bit about it or C, were concerned about the location um, and we referred people to our Facebook page. So we've actually had a huge uptake in people that are looking at our online um, resources, which is terrific. So um, so in terms of what's happening next, I'll hand over to um, Colin, who will talk about the door knocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you said we really enjoy it. I'm not sure that I really do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty confronting, actually. You, you never know what's going to answer when you when you knock on a door. Um, however, um, the conversations that we've had over the last couple of weekends with people who are living around is I would characterise them as people collectively are supportive of having a medically supervised injecting facility um, where there is concern is about its specific location. Yep. And uh, the closer that you are living or um, occupying uh, to the centre, it seems to be um, more reaction about where the location has been chosen to be. 
particularly the question of whether there was appropriate consultation in the determination of where the centre was going to be. So that's a, a really strong concern. If you move away from that very, very close proximity, then the sense of the people that we're talking to is that this is really good. Um, there, there has been some communication coming from the, the government. Um, there's been some community meetings and there was an open day earlier this week at the centre where people could turn up either in the afternoon or in the evening to mm. find out, have their questions answered. So there's, there's a trickle of information. Um, so, yeah, the, the sense that we're getting is that... Um, People are positive about the reaction. There's um, cautious optimism that things are going to change. Um, there's a real hope that the streetscape will change in North Richmond and Abbotsford. Um, the, the needles are probably the most confronting. Um, the second is the open injecting that people um, yeah. see. Um, and the, the third one is is the dealing. And... Um, while the centre isn't going to address all of those things, there's certainly a lot of optimism, particularly about the needles and the injecting in the streets, and uh, and of course that will lead to the harm reduction. But um, we'll be out again next weekend, and um, we'll be talking to people, answering questions that they have, and uh, and having lo- sometimes long conversations about uh, issues associated with the centre. Yeah. So about how many people have you contacted, do you think? Um, we would probably be up to several hundred at the moment. Yeah. Um, when we were uh, putting flyers out for advertising the rally that we had last year, it was actually significantly quicker because we just had to walk past letterboxes. Yeah. Um, when you actually knock on a door, the conversation can very easily stretch to 15 minutes. Yeah. And so um, it does take a whole lot longer. But it's, it's wonderful to be able to look people in the eye and empathise as a, a resident. Um, we all live in this together and we can all share stories of our experiences so it's that face-to-face communication which is really valuable, but it is extremely time-consuming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the important thing also is is about we've now got the opportunity to make it work. We can you know, divide it all we like, but we have an opportunity to make it work. And if we do make it work, then there's benefits for the users, the community, and the residents and the traders. Everybody will benefit yeah. if we can make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sort of the positive and it sort of goes back to you know this thing about community has if community has a voice and people can understand what the issue is about and its impacts they're more likely to get involved in a positive way instead of turning up at at a street blockade and stopping stuff it's trying to enable something to have a chance which i think is very positive yeah and to absolutely support that, that was going back to what, when we started in November 2016, we recognised that the big, the key driver for people to support this was information and, and, and facts about injecting centres. And um, just following on from what Colin said about the time um, spent door knocking, I mean, I even find now going down and grocery shopping can take me a long time because yeah. I'm running into people in the checkout and they sort of know that you're part of the team and they ask you and I uh, there's a couple of parents at the school which West Richmond Primary um, uh, I'm going to shout out to Michelle and Lizzie and one of the things I really like about them, they are cautious about the um, what's going to happen but Lizzie made the comment to me that she wants to 
base her knowledge on the facts and not mm. what you read in the, um, yeah. you know, the Murdoch press. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it was really good when she said that, and I think that's what we've always tried to do by having the film from Sydney to try and talk, get people in who were um, guest speakers who had some, you know, serious knowledge about this a lot more than I certainly did. So people did have the facts and they can arm themselves with the truth about this. And I think that gives a much more intelligent and um, positive, um, you know, has a more positive impact on the community and they feel armed with information yeah. and they can talk to their neighbours about it and say, mm. well, actually, you know, one of the things, for example, was, oh, the centre will be open 24-7. Well, it clearly can't be because you've got a, you've got people working there. Yeah. There's oh and s issues. So it will be eight till eight. Yeah. Um, so I think just things like that, when people know that, they feel, oh, okay, I yeah. know, I know about bad. this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 So, and the other one was um, the fact that there there is an interview with the um, medical director of the King's Cross um, facility. So, do you want to tell people where they can get access yeah, to that? Marianne Jauncey is the um, medical director of the Sydney Injecting Centre, and she did an excellent uh, interview for twenty three minutes with a um, commercial radio station from Melbourne. It's on our Facebook page, so if you wanted to go on there and have a look at. Um, Victoria Street Drug Solutions on our Facebook page. Um, and it really does, she addresses clearly the issue of ICE, the issue of the location near the school, the operation of the centre. It's a very informative piece, so I would highly recommend people have a listen to that. Mm, okay, thank you. Um, and I understand you've just produced a new pamphlet as well. Yes, we've um, we've got the, the details of the information as we've been picking it up and uh, interpreting it from the various sources that are that are building this centre. Um, so we've we've in the places where we're door knocking at the moment. If there's nobody home, then we're dropping that into the letterbox to allow people to have a little bit more information about it. Um, the government has sent out letters as well to the um, local area that's come from the local member. Yep. So there there is a bit more information coming available. Um, I guess one thing that, that I would like to leave this conversation is that, that I acknowledge the people who have got concerns about it. Um, I think that, that none of us knows what the future will be. Um, the, what I understand from the other centres that I've heard about um, that operate around the world, but particularly in Sydney, that it, it's very positive for the local community. And so that's the optimism that I carry with me. But um, in talking to the people who are negative about the location particularly, I, I, I can understand exactly what their concerns are. Mm. Um, I've had children going to primary school. I would like to protect them as much as I possibly could. I don't want to expose them to what potentially could they could be exposed to. So um, I don't want to give the impression that we're just saying, no, everything's going to be okay. We're looking through this you know, through rose-coloured glasses. But um, we are extremely optimistic based on the experience of others that this will work, that this will improve the amenity of the streets where we live and it'll be better for the people who use drugs. Uh, It'll lead them to potentially uh, lives where they'll be able to get off it, Um, certainly lives that will continue and not be stopped short because of their use of the drugs. Yeah. And I'd just like to make one um, other comment there too because I think one of the... Uh, major impacts on the people who live in that area is um, emergency services vehicles that are called out often to um, overdoses. And one of the key um, findings from the Sydney Injecting Centre when it opened, within a couple of months, they had noticed an 80% um, or there was an 80% drop in call out of emergency services vehicles. So that in itself tells you that that 
that crisis is being taken off the streets and managed properly mm. so that we don't have that drain on our very precious emergency services vehicles. And for the rest of the community, that's a very good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the other thing I understand too is that once the centre opens, you're going to have a, what was it, a community gathering to celebrate the opening and to bring the community together. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Um, yep. Uh, Yes, certainly. Um, We don't know exactly the date yet, and so you need to either watch our website or take a link off the 3CR to get to to our website. Um, But uh, we we plan to have a barbecue. Um, We'll invite as many people as we possibly can through our contacts and connections. And uh, and again, I guess we'll be talking more about the expectations. Hopefully after it's opened, we'll know a little bit more about the facts of what's happening in this particular centre. But uh, it will be within a couple of weeks, so we're looking in the early part of July and uh, probably around the Lennox Street area. But um, watch our website and uh, we'll tell you all about it. We'd love to see you there. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Uh, I think that's probably all we've got time for today. Um, If you're interested in contacting Victoria Street Drug Solutions, you can contact them on their website, which is www.vicstreetdrugsolutions.org or you can find them on Facebook or Twitter as Victoria Street Drug Solutions. That's all we've got time for today, so I'd like to thank Judy and Colin for coming into the 3CR studio and discussing the trial MSIC and the Victoria Drug Solutions residence group with us. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio, hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thanks for listening to the Living Free program today.